0: Lord, we acknowledge that your presence is with us this morning, and so we sing this with grateful hearts, knowing that you're working in each of us. We sing.
1: going to be coming from Acts chapter 6 verses 8 through 15 and it reads, Stephen brimming with God's grace and energy was doing wonderful things among the people unmistakable signs that God was among them but then some men from the meeting place whose membership made up of freed slaves Cyrenians, Alexandrians and others from Sicilia and Asia went up against him trying to argue him down but they were no match for his wisdom and spirit when he spoke. So in secret, they bribed Ben to lie. We heard him cursing Moses and God. That stirred up the people, the religious leaders and the religion scholars. They grabbed Stephen and took him before the high council. They put forward their bribed witness to testify. This man talks nonstop against the holy place and God's law. We even heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth would tear this place down and throw all customs Moses gave us all those who sat on the high council looked at stephen they found they couldn't take their eyes off him his face was like the face of an angel
2: morning everybody so excited to be with each and every one of you here today i'm excited as we continue in our conversation in our series 242 which comes out of acts chapter 2 verse 42 where it says that they were devoted to the apostles teaching that they were committed to doing life together, to breaking of bread together, and that they were also a people who took a posture of prayer. We just heard so eloquently read for us Acts chapter 6, and we're actually going to be looking at Acts chapters 6 and 7 this morning. But as we take a look at this text, I would just encourage you to, if you have your Bibles there, if you have your tablets, if you're watching us online, Uh, we would encourage you to grab that cup of coffee and and, uh, just plan to be with us for the next uh, few moments. But as we look at this text here today, I want us to, to really consider what it means to be fully devoted, to be a witness, a fully devoted witness to God and to the kingdom that he's asked us, that he's commissioned us to be heralds of. That text it says in Acts chapter 6 there, it says that, that those who sat on the high council, they looked at Stephen, and when they did, they found that his face shined like that of an angel. In the previous passage, Luke shared with us that there was this, this tension. Do you remember that? That there was this tension between the, the Hellenists and the, the Hebrew Jews. And it was over the, the distribution of, ...of food for the widows. The apostles, the the Hebraic Jews, they they went ahead and they continued to preach. But the Hebraic and the Greek Jews, Stephen being one of them... ...and we're going to talk about him uh, here today... ...but Stephen being one of them was to take care. They were commissioned uh, to go and to take care of those that were in need... ...to distribute the food. But like some of the others... Stephen found himself not only administering food and and being a resource for those that were in need, but but he also was very passionate. He was very passionate about taking forth the Word, to to being a part of the the teaching team. He wanted to to share the redemptive story. In the earlier part of Acts, Acts chapter 6, We see where the apostles, they they laid hands on Stephen and they commissioned him into ministry. Oh, I I remember the day in my own life, in in my own ministry, when when friends and family gathered at the altar and Cindy was right there at my side, and church leaders, they, they laid hands on me and and my dear pastor and friend, Pastor Rob Songer, prayed this, this most incredible, this very eloquent prayer of commissioning over both Cindy and I. It, it, was, a, it was a beautiful occasion. And outside of my, my wedding and the birth of my two girls, uh, Tori and, and Hadley, and my baptism, it was probably one of the, the greatest days being commissioned into ministry was probably one of the the greatest days of my life. I remember it, and I I remember it well. It's a, it's amazing to see what can happen, the the incredible things that that can take place, that that God can do, and how He can use a life that is ready and willing to serve. For Stephen, almost from the beginning, from almost the beginning of his of his ministry, there. There seems to be, according to our text, this this great challenge of of tension. He he experienced all kinds of of pushback from the the very times, the the onslaught of of his ministry. We see in our text that accusations were, were being hurled at him. Why? Because he was a fully devoted follower of Christ. He was fully devoted to unashamedly sharing the gospel story, the good news, the redemptive story. The religious leaders, they they accused Stephen of of blasphemy against the law, the the Torah, and of the temple. The problem on their end is that that they cannot succeed in their futile arguments because, if you look at your text there, in in chapter 6 of verse 15, he is so spirit-filled His words are so persuasive and his appearance is angelic. He's reflecting the glory of God. Oh, don't you love being around people that just reflect the glory of God? Folks, there's something to be said about reflecting God's glory, even in the midst of pushback, even in the midst of persecution. In, In the moments that we have, here today, I I would like for us to to look for for and to to be able to discuss, to have some conversation about how God always keeps his covenants and that the word that, that, that is expressed, the word that is given, never returns void. The word that is given up for the glory of God never returns void and that forgiveness Forgiveness can bear witness even in the midst of chaos, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of pushback, in the midst of rebellion. That these days can be said, that, that in these days, maybe it could be said that there's great division or that these are days of great decision. Days of focusing on want or days of embracing the word are these days of gratitude or are these days of grumble to, to be true seekers and and not idol worshipers to, to be of kingdom and, and not of an empire in our text that the temple leaders take a look at it there but but the temple leaders are are enraged at Stephen and they refuse to hear what he has to say and so what is their solution? Their solution is to quiet him. Their solution is to to shut him down, to suppress him, to take his life. It's hard for people to hear the truth, isn't it? It's it's hard for us to to hear the truth. See, Stephen was preaching that that the early church extends beyond the temple into the Greek-speaking synagogues in and around Jerusalem. Jerusalem see there are four primary faith symbols for first century judaism the temple the law the land and the national ethnic identity family of all jews see stephen was accused of undermining in his teaching about jesus the temple and the law for the early church the the koinonia the fellowship of the saints God had done and was doing great things. He was doing great and new things through Jesus. Someone said, and I quote The new thing did not annul the law, the Torah, and the temple, but it certainly fulfilled and surpassed their meaning and their significance for God's people. The leaders didn't like it, so they accused Stephen. ...of being way out of line. Every time that he spoke, there was this accusing finger. See, Stephen was was mobile. He, he was going around to, to Greek-speaking synagogues within Jerusalem, within the city. Those that became his audience weren't those who were trying to, to defend or hold on to or retain power know his audience, that they were those that were defending their own worldview, the very things which controlled their lives. And they saw anyone who proclaimed Jesus, those who shared the good news, the redemptive story, they saw them as a threat, a threat to how they like to think, a threat to how they like to live. We can kind of see that these days in the world around us, can't we? We need to understand, friends, that the redemptive story, what Jesus did on the cross for all, calls for decision. Not a riding the fence decision, but a, but a call for each life to, to place a reconciliation or to seek reconciliation with God. It calls for a separation away from, from simple actions and, and engagements. It calls for change. It does challenge the worldview of self-serving or self-centeredness, this all about me mentality. It also challenges the worldview of idolatry, the worship of things that are that, that do not worship God. If we're not careful, hear me when I say this, but, but if we're not careful, the world can shape our thinking. If we're not careful, the, the world can shape our living. So there's a couple of questions that I would like to ask of you here today. Um, one, are, are we proclaimers of the word? Are you proclaimers of the word? Are, are we or are you of kingdom purpose? Or are we of pure persuasion? Do we truly have a desire to to live out the redemptive story, to to let people know what God has done in our life and how He continues to, to move in our life? Psalm 96 3 says this declare among the nations, declare among the nations, declare among the nations the marvelous work of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this it's news. It's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts Him. Starting with Jews and then right on to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith. Confirming what scripture has said all along. That the person in right standing before God by trusting Him really truly lives. The person in right standing before God by trusting Him truly, really lives. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. In the message translation, it says this. So let's not allow ourselves to to get fatigued in, in doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit.
1: Right now, therefore,
2: every time, every time that we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, sharing with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Because, church friends, if if we truly desire to be fully devoted followers of Christ, we must also understand that it does come, it will come with a cost. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 you're blessed when, you, when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. See, Stephen in our text, because of his faithfulness to God, the, the passion that, that was stirring within him to go and to share the redemptive story, it, it, it caused him to, to be hauled in before the Sanhedrin assembly. In other words, the top legal experts... Acts chapter 7 verse 1 says, they asked him, what do you have to say for yourself? And what Stephen was about to say, I would say is more like this incredible sermon where he takes and he goes back and he digs deep, way deep back into the history, the nation of Israel, back into the Old Testament. As he begins to speak in his defense He first, and I love this, and you can look at your text there, but he first gives glory to God. He he proclaims God's goodness. In front of that assembly, he proclaims God's grace. In front of that assembly, he proclaims God's forgiveness. Friends, his sharing of the redemptive story was about to take his life. See, he was charged with speaking against the temple and the law of Moses, the Torah, Saying that Jesus would destroy the temple and change the things that, that Moses had given. Things of cultural and religious significance. At this moment, Stephen could have directly addressed their false accusations. But instead, he shares their own story. Instead, he shares the gospel story. And it is a story by which they are all very familiar In chapter 7, he goes on and he shares of God's solution to to the brokenness of sin in the world, where it is to have and to make covenant, where God makes covenant with Abraham, really to to be in covenant with with the nation of Israel. Stephen places emphasis on the uniqueness of of Abraham's life and, and the lives of his descendants as they live in but not of the world. As they live in, did you catch that? As they live in, but not of the world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is. What is good, what is pleasing, and what is mature. See, God tells Abraham... If you, if you know this story but God tells Abraham to leave his country in other words he's he saying Abraham I want you to leave what is familiar oh we we struggle with that don't we in, in our own lives when when something changes that that we're familiar with or there's this uncertainty that that, that creeps into our life there's this uncertainty that that happens oftentimes we just don't like it we want to we want to push back or push away from them but can I just share with you here today but but that might just be some of the the very circumstance some of the the very situations some of those very hard times where we those difficult uncertain times where we can see God move right but where we can see our faith grow right mark chapter 11 verse 22. Jesus was, matter of fact, when he says embracing this God life, really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you.
1: That is why I urge
2: you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life and and you'll get God's everything. And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. You need to remember that that it is you, that it is you that that will take and and anything that comes up against you, someone, anything, have anything against someone, you have anything against someone, if they have anything against you, the text tells us, forgive. Only then will your heavenly father be inclined to also wipe away your sins, to make the slate clean. When God told Abraham to go, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, he said to leave your land, Abraham. Leave your family and your father's household to go to a land that I will show you. And if you know a little bit about history, the the road for Abraham for the nation of Israel would not be easy. Matter of fact, it would be downright difficult at times. Israel would be taken into captivity. There would be brutal years. And, and, and no other way to describe it. It would just be really hard, difficult times. And then if you know a little bit of your Old Testament history. But then there's Joseph. Stephen starts to share about Joseph. And he too would, would experience hardships. And he would, it would experience betrayal. By his own family. His, his own family inner circle of, of family members would betray him and then he would experience a great famine in the land. Joseph, despite being rejected the, the, the gospels, excuse me, that the Old Testament tells us that, that God redeemed him from his bondage and raised him up as a source of salvation for many. So God took what, what was difficult times in the life of Joseph and he used it for the glory of his kingdom, for the glory of his good. And I need to remind you, we need to be reminded, but, but God remembered his covenant that he made with Abraham. And then Stephen shares a little bit about Moses. You know, Moses was a basket case, by the way. Uh, but he was an educated man. He, he was a thinker. He was, a, he was an athlete. And the Old Testament tells us that Moses would become instrumental in delivering God's people from the bondage of Pharaoh. Moses was a key figure in the history of the nation of Israel. Stephen was very clearly articulating that that Moses did, did not do away with God's covenant to Abraham. No, actually, he was describing how Moses helped to push it forward. Someone said, and I quote, Moses, like Jesus, was, was raised up by God out of obscurity through strange acts of providence. At just the right time, at just the right time, God worked through a leader to bring salvation to his people. Just like Joseph and, and like Jesus, Moses was rejected as a redeemer, He supposed that his kinfolk would understand that that God was rescuing them, but they didn't understand. Clearly, people had to come to a place where they exchanged the worship of God, the the one who made covenant with Abraham, and then raised up Moses for things that that were made of human hands, and then things that that people had placed value on. Do, Do you remember Aaron's golden calf? Stephen is reminding them of their history. He explains to them that that once again they have rejected the leader that that God has raised up. And they have chosen to to worship an object that has been constructed by human hands. And in this instance, in this case, it's the temple. Friends, if, if we're not careful, we too can create idols of our own. If we're not careful, we too can begin to worship things that that we have created, and things that we have placed value on that are not of God. See, this text today is about God's faithfulness and people's rebellion. God's faithfulness and people's rebellion. In chapter 7, Stephen calls out the assembly Matter of fact, he he calls them stubborn. He says, you're like those who have no part in God's covenant. You continuously set yourselves against the Holy Spirit just like your ancestors did. Verse 52 of chapter 7. Was there a single prophet your ancestors didn't harass? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the, the righteous one. You have betrayed him. You have killed him. You have received the law. This is Stephen addressing the assembly. He says, you have received the law, but you haven't kept it. There's callous on your hearts. There's flaps on your ears. You deliberately ignored the Holy Spirit. You've kept your family tradition. His family, his, excuse me, his message was, was expressing the fact that that, that what they were doing, have you ever heard the expression that history repeats itself? He was expressing that, that what they were doing, generations had done in the past. His message was obviously not received well. The leaders refused to, to hear anymore. And at that moment, the, the crowd turned into a riot. But Stephen hardly noticed The riot taking place and the stirring taking place and the chaos taking place. Because why? Because he had eyes for God only. He had eyes seeking the glory of God only. And the text tells us, the scriptures tell us that that Stephen, that afternoon, he stared into heaven. And as he did, he, he saw the Son of Man in all of his glory standing at the right hand of God. Can you imagine Standing there in front of your accusers, standing there sharing the redemptive story, being a truth teller, a a herald of the gospel, the good news, in front of a group of people that didn't want to hear it, a group of people that were pushing it back. Matter of fact, so much so that they had already decided in their mind that they were going to take him out, take him down, that they were going to take his life. in the midst of all of that chaos, there was peace in Stephen's heart. There was peace in his mind. And he looked up and he saw the glory of God right there in front of him. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 57, it says that at this time, the crowd charged him and they began to stone him. But in verse 59 of chapter 7, it says, As the rocks rained down. As the rocks rained down, Stephen was hurt praying. He was heard praying. Everybody hurt. He prayed in such a way where, where the rioting and the chaos, that people were able to hear, Master, don't blame them for their sin. And these would be his last words. The story of Stephen reminds us that God always keeps his covenant. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. Don't despair. Your God is present among you. A strong warrior that is there to save you. Happy to have you back. He'll he'll calm you with his love and delight you with his song. I'm going to read that again. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Don't despair, friend. Don't despair. Your God is here and He is present among you. Whatever trial, whatever you are going through, whatever challenge you have, the text tells us, the Word of God tells us, your God is here present among you, that He is a strong warrior there to save you. He's happy to have you back. He'll call you with his love and he'll delight you with his song. Secondly, the story of Stephen reminds us that the word of God never returns void. That when the word of God is expressed it will never return void. In other words, and we may not ever know sometimes when we share the word We we may not never know that that this side of glory, how sharing the gospel, how reading scripture, being a, a part of a Bible study, how that could impact or has impacted somebody's life. But hear me when I say this, that God's word never returns void, that if we truly have a sincere heart that our intent is to share of the redemptive story. God will take that and God will use that and it will make a difference in the hearts and lives of those that we express it to. Stephen's story in this text also reminds us that forgiveness can bear witness, that forgiveness can can bear witness even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of persecution, persecution even in the midst of rebellion that these days it reminds us that these days could be days of great division or that these could be days and hear me friends these could be days our days could be great days of division or or they could be great days of kingdom decision that these days could be focusing on want Or these could be days of focusing and embracing on the word of God. The very word of God. These could be days of great gratitude. Or these could be days of grumble. To be truth seekers and not idol worshipers. To be of kingdom and not of empire. May our lips today, as we go into this week, May our lips be like that of Stephen, where we express words of love, we express words of grace and of forgiveness. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the theme of our 242 series. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, that they were devoted to one another, doing life together, breaking bread together, and that they were committed to being a people that would take a posture of prayer as we go into this day it would be my prayer it would be my prayer that we would take this story this encouraging story of Stephen even in the midst of persecution that there could be peace down in our hearts that even in the midst of uncertainty that there could be peace in our hearts Even in the midst of turbulence, in the the midst of family relationship or friendships, that there could be peace in our hearts. And that we could express a love, a love that only God can give. That we could express to one another forgiveness that only God can place in our hearts. All that the world may know. And may they see us as a people that are wholly devoted to God's word and his teaching. May the world look at us and see that we are a people truly committed to the welfare and for the sake, the good sake of of others that are around us, to doing life together. And oh, may people see us as a people who take a posture of prayer. This is the word of God for the people of God. And I say, thanks be to God. Amen and amen.
0: Oh